You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. I'm health editor Dallas Bastian, and I'm joined by Dr. Anne-Marie Valens, a National Health and Medical Research Council Early Career Research Fellow with Murdoch University, to discuss the use of magnetic brain stimulation to help prevent people from falling over when they get older. Thank you for joining me, Anne-Marie. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. What does this technique involve for the individual? The technique that I use for my research is known as transcranial magnetic stimulation, and it's a non-invasive brain stimulation technique. When we have a volunteer come into the lab, we have a, a handheld device that we place against the volunteer's scalp. And what we do is we hold this device over the part of the brain that controls the muscles of the body. So what the volunteer will feel is two things, really. They'll feel a little tap on their head, exactly beneath the location of the coil. And I'll also feel a little twitch in the muscle. So that's because we're using the stimulation to activate the brain cells that control the muscle, and therefore we activate the muscle. What does the research tell us about this area so far, and what does it point to in terms of how effective the technique is for reducing falls? The non-invasive brain stimulation techniques that I use have been used quite widely, really, in the past 30 years or so. At the most broad level, these techniques have helped us to uh, identify which parts of the brain are important for particular behaviours, and they've also helped us to learn about neuroplasticity, which is the ability of the brain to change with experience. In terms of falls, uh, or falls risk specifically, We think that these brain stimulation techniques can offer a potential therapeutic option. So we know from previous research that there are a lot of different brain areas that are communicating with each other when we successfully move and navigate through our environment. And we think that it's a breakdown in this communication between different brain areas that increases the risk of falling. So... The way that non-invasive brain stimulation is a potential therapeutic option is because it can help us to strengthen the communication between brain regions. What more needs to be understood about the relationship between this technique and falls and what will you be looking into? To better understand the relationship between communication within the brain and falling, we need to carefully measure both of those things. I currently have research from the Western Australian Department of Health and the Rebecca Cooper Medical Research Foundation. And this funding has allowed me to conduct my current research, which is focused on measuring the communication or connectivity between the part of the brain that plans our movements and the part of the brain that actually controls those movements or executes those movements. And I think this is important because one of the real, uh, a common situation in which a fall occurs is when something unexpected happens in the environment and the person can't update their planned movement. For example, someone might step on an uneven uh, paving brick and they need to change their planned steps not to fall, but often people can't do that and the result is a fall. So it's possible that the breakdown in communication between the brain, the parts of the brain that plan movements and the parts of the brain that actually control the movement is what causes a fall. So that's what we're measuring right now. 
You said often a near fall will result in reduced activity and a fear of falling, and that in turn increases the likelihood of a major fall. How early should interventions like magnetic brain stimulation be started? consider our, our kind of broad research aim, which is reducing fall rates and reducing fall severity, it makes sense to treat those people with a mild balance dysfunction. These are people who might have noticed a bit of a decline in their balance abilities or people who are a little afraid um, of having a fall, lacking confidence when they're in a new environment, uh, but people who haven't, haven't actually experienced a fall yet. So our plan is to incorporate magnetic brain stimulation in multi-dimensional interventions. So we plan to have older adults engage in exercise interventions as well as weekly sessions of magnetic brain stimulation. And we hope that in those people who have a mild balance dysfunction, that this intervention, exercise and brain stimulation, will be able to reverse the reduction in activity and improve their confidence before they experience a fall. How would this technique be applied in practice and, and who else would benefit from it? In, in practice, we'd have community-dwelling older adults uh, engaging in an exercise intervention, a home-based in exercise intervention with support from allied health professionals like exercise physiologists or physiotherapists. So we'd have community-dwelling adults engaging in exercise and coming into the lab on a weekly basis for non-invasive brain stimulation. Now, this is the first phase. It will allow us to identify exactly how strengthening brain communication with our magnetic stimulation translates into improvements in balance and movement. This, this would give us strong evidence for our theory, which means we can then start to apply it more widely and while at this stage we are focused on those those people with mild balance impairments, we hope that um, we can then expand our intervention to help those people with movement disorders like Parkinson's disease, for example. Following the release of, of your results, where would you like to see the research head next? Oh, the, the exciting thing really is that there are so many directions in which um, this research could head or lead. Um, as I mentioned just before, one, one goal is really to determine whether this, um, whether our brain stimulation can help balance and, and walking in people with Parkinson's disease. It's really common for people with Parkinson's disease to have disrupted walking patterns. They often freeze. Um, similarly, we, we can see this being applied to people um, who have experienced a stroke and are trying to recover um, perhaps their walking but also function of the upper limbs, the arms. And I guess at a somewhat more fundamental level, for me it's just really exciting to understand a little bit more about how different brain regions communicate with each other and what that means for our, our behaviour. Thank you for joining me, Anne-Marie. Thank you very much, Dallas.